This message comes from NPR sponsor Planet Oat. No deep thinking here. Planet Oat oat milk is rich, creamy, and an excellent source of calcium with vitamins A and D. Also, Planet Oat's unsweetened varieties have zero grams of sugar. Visit planetoat.com for more. From NPR and WBEZ Chicago, this is Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me, the NPR News Quiz. I'm not an anchor man. I'm an anchor gentleman, Bill Curtis. And here's your host at the Studebaker Theater at the Fine Arts Building in Chicago, Illinois, filling in for Peter Sagal. It's Karen Chi. Uh, I'm Karen Chi. I'm stepping in for Peter Sagal. I'm like the cool substitute teacher of Wait, Wait this week. So instead of a news quiz, we're all watching a movie. (laughs) I'm just kidding. I always follow the rules. Okay. (laughs) Later on, Law & Order's own Sam Waterston will join us to play a game. But first, we want to hear what crimes you've been accused of. The number is 1-888-WAIT-WAIT. That's 1-888-924-8924. Now, let's welcome our first listener contestant. Hi, you're on Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. Hi, um, this is Julia Liu. I'm an English teacher in Pasadena, California. I'm super excited to be on Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. Julia, hi, welcome. (laughs) Wow, we're so excited you're here. Um, Julia, as an English teacher, do you have a favorite book or author? Uh, to Kill a Mockingbird by Harper Lee um, is one of my favorites and also a uh, favorite of students. That's awesome. I love that book. I got to be honest, when I was growing up, I thought Harper Lee was an Asian woman. <laughs> and I was like, wow, she has such insight on black-white relations and absolutely no commentary on Asian people. How odd. <laughs> Anyway, Julia, let's introduce you to our panel. First up, we have a comedian who hosts the celebrity trivia podcast, Go Fact Yourself. It's Helen Hong. Hi. Hi, Julia. Hi, everybody. Helen. Next, his new book, We're All in This Together, So Make Some Room, is now available for pre-order. It's Tom Papa. Hi, Julia. Hi, Tom. And Peabody and three-time Emmy Award-winning vice correspondent, comedian, and host of the podcast, Cheat, it's Alza Slade. Hey, what's happening, Julia? Hey, guys. Welcome to the show, Julia. I'm nervous like my kids were before they took a test this morning, so it's payback. Oh, that's good. You should be scared. This is going to be really hard and ruin your life. (laughs) (laughs) Julia, I'm kidding. Don't panic. Are you still there? <laughs> I studied. Oh. Great, great. You're going to play Who's Bill this time. Bill Curtis will read you three quotes from this week's news, and if you get two of them, you'll win our prize. It's any voice from our show you choose on your voicemail, which is an amazing prize if you still use voicemail. <laughs> <laughs> Julie, are you ready? I'm ready. Here's your first quote You should be absolutely terrified right now. That is the proper reaction. That was a tech investor warning people to pull their money out of what financial institution this week? Silicon Valley Bank. Yes! That's right. A Silicon Valley bank called Silicon Valley Bank has collapsed. And here's the worst part. They failed because of the billions they spent coming up with the name Silicon Valley Bank. (laughs) This is one of the biggest bank failures in U.S. history. So basically, Silicon Valley Bank failed, then another bank failed, then everybody freaked out that it was 2008 all over again, and the stock market crashed. But folks, don't panic. It's nothing like 2008, because it's 2023. Now we also have COVID and Fast and Furious 10. (laughs) I think the banks are just raggedy these days. They, I feel like this is when capitalists turn to socialists real quick. <laughs> They're like, hey, government, we need your help. <laughs> I, this has gotten me freaked out. Does this mean that I should pull my $8 out of my bank? Because it's, I, it would fit under my mattress. <laughs> like anything over $250,000. Oh, so you really I'm were, good. Oh, yeah. I'm good. I don't have that at all. That's no problem. That was really smart of you to not have money, Helen. <laughs> it's been my plan all along. <laughs> I just knew. I'm like, you know, one day there's going to be a bank failure, so I better not have any money. <laughs> 
Um, this is a fun thing, is everybody I know is looking for answers. And here's one. A member of the board of SVB said this about her career. She said, quote, I've learned a lot from doing improv, and it's influenced how I think about leadership. And I gotta be honest, if I've learned anything from my own dating experience, I feel like listening to someone who's done a lot of improv is always a bad idea. <laughs> Wait, she learned how to run a bank by doing improv? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I want this loan for $30 billion. Yes, and you get more. <laughs> And now she's like, okay, someone else give me a job. Give me a job. <laughs> exactly. Give exactly. me a job. All right, Julia, your next quote is about a social media app the U.S. is threatening to ban. The U.S. would think differently if they followed my favorite account, a man unclogging drains. That was technology reporter Scott Nover talking about what social media app? Was he talking about TikTok? Yeah. That's correct. The Biden administration is threatening to ban TikTok in this country over security concerns unless the Chinese government sells its stake in the company. People started getting suspicious after last winter's popular Power Grid Blueprint Challenge. <laughs> I literally thought you were serious, and I was like, wait, I missed that one. <laughs> what, I don't, what are the moves? <laughs> Yeah, there are very real security threats driving the van, but it's also in part because Biden's last dance video only got like 14 views. <laughs> they are powerful, though. I mean, I don't think it's... I'm not even worried about the future of what's going to happen. I mean, it's, it's literally happening now because I have no... no. I didn't think I had a love for, uh, for babies or middle-aged women dancing in their rooms. But according to my feed... <laughs> yeah, Tom, you're telling us a lot about yourself right now. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. They, they, they've changed me. <laughs> but this is the thing. Like, if China is using TikTok to spy on us, then that should just let them know that they ain't got nothing to worry about. <laughs> so Look at what true. these Americans are up to. It's so true. My, my favorite TikToker is a chef that does, like, um, explicit lyric raps with a hand puppet. You guys know that one? And see, and China's like, we need to be worried about that one. <laughs> Your last quote is an ominous warning from the New York Times about a threat headed straight to Florida. The blob will not be gentle. <laughs> <laughs> that was about a 5,000-mile-wide blob made of what? Seaweed? Yes! yes. Uh, nice. Oh. It's true. A giant blob made of seaweed that is twice as big as the United States is making its way across the Atlantic, and it's going to hit Florida beaches this summer. Oh, no, beaches, the one good thing about Florida. Wait, it's twice as big as the United States? Yeah, yeah. and in the long way, the width. Yeah, you know it. New York to California. And, of course, it's organic. So Florida is seeing this as the woke mob invading. Uh, <laughs> invading the state. <laughs> Great. Another giant orange blob in Florida we all have to be worried about. That's true. It is a literal giant blob. And this is fun. Its official name is a sargassum. <laughs> For real, we're not being sarcastic. <laughs> <laughs> who's, so this giant blob of seaweed is coming up, up the coast, and who's having the sargasms? The manatees? <laughs> it's certainly not the girl manatees. <laughs> <laughs> it never is. Darn it. Wait, so, what ha so it's slowly, and then what happens when it hits Florida? Does it swallow Florida, or does it, like, what, does it... Does it become like a... New Jersey. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. In some ways, yes, in that once it hits the shore, it's going to start smelling really bad. Uh, and it's so also it's brown. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Bill, how did Julia do? Beautifully. Julia got them all right. All three. <laughs> wow, Julia, thank you so much for playing. Um, have a great day. We're so glad you tuned in. I have dozens of essays.
essays to grade. It was a pleasure being on Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me, and thank you so much for having me. Thanks, Congratulations. Thank you so much. Goodbye. Okay, panel, now it's time for you to answer some questions about this week's news. Tom, the uh, New York Times finally came to the defense of a much maligned group. Who? Of a much maligned group. Who? Uh, can I have a hint, please? Yes, they really are a bunch of jackasses. Oh, donkeys. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> donkeys are finally getting the respect they deserve. Oh, thank God. Yeah, probably because society is way more into ass now. <laughs> I get a hee-haw. According to the New York Times, the donkey has, quote, been an object of ridicule for so long. And that's so true. Me and my friends love to get together on the weekends and make fun of donkeys. But we're going to stop now um, because the director of the Center for Anthropobiology and Genomics of Toulouse in France told us to. They've discovered that donkeys have been domesticated since 5,000 BC. And I honestly don't know why that's so surprising, because of course donkeys are old as hell. They've been around for so long, they even starred in the classic American film, Shrek. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's true. Mm -hmm. So are the Democrats elated at this new donkey love, or what? (laughs) They're finally getting some respect. (laughs) They're like, forget the elephant. It's all about the donkey now. I mean, if you do look at some of the Democratic politicians, they do look like they've been around since 5,000 BC. (laughs) I want to know why um, the the accepted sound of the donkey is hee-haw, because I don't think that's the sound they actually make, What sound right? do you think they make? Don't they go, arr, arr, arr? No, no, that's not it. No, that's not it. That's not it. That's a dog. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it's more like, yeah, wait, let me, let me, wait, let me, let me That's the sea lion having a sargasm. Our panelists illuminate the dark world. It's Bluff the Listener. Call 1-888-WAIT-WAIT to play. We'll be right back with more of Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me from NPR. This message comes from NPR sponsor Mattress Firm. How do you sleep at night? No matter what might be keeping you up, Mattress Firm can help anyone sleep. Mattress Firm will find you the right mattress from a wide selection of top brands at every budget. Plus, if you see a lower price somewhere else, they will match it up to 120 nights with their low price guarantee. Get matched at Mattress Firm's Memorial Day sale and sleep at night. Restrictions apply. See mattressfirm.com or a store for details. Jasmine Morris here from the StoryCorps podcast. Our latest season is called My Way. Stories of people who found a rhythm all their own and marched to it throughout their lives. Consequences and other people's opinions be damned. You won't believe the courage and audacity in these stories. Hear them on the StoryCorps podcast from NPR. From NPR and WBEZ Chicago, this is Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. The NPR News Quiz. I'm Bill Curtis. We are playing this week with Alzo Slade, Helen Hong, and Tom Papa. And here again is your host at the Studebaker Theater in downtown Chicago, Illinois, filling in for Peter Sagal. It's Karen Chi. Hey, that's me. Thank you, Bill. Right now, it's time for the Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me Bluff the Listener game. So call 1-888-WAIT-WAIT to play our game on air. Hello, you're on Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. Hi, this is Janice Lilly calling from York Haven, Pennsylvania. Janice, hello. Hi. Hi, what do you do in Fair York Haven? I'm a part-time retail merchandiser, and I also am a master gardener and a 4-H club leader. Oh, that's wonderful. What's your favorite thing to plant and see bloom? I like to grow a lot of food. Oh, okay. I was really hoping you would say friendship. (laughs) And then you and I could become friends, Janice Oh, I missed my opportunity, I'm sorry That's okay, I'll call you after the show Okay Okay. It's so nice to have you here with us You are here to play our game in which you must try to tell truth from fiction What's the topic, Bill? The light of peace illuminating the dark world brightly (laughs) 
Panel, no, you didn't just hear Bill turn into a chat GPT. <laughs> that is an actual motto for a real organization that we heard about in the news this week. Um, so, Janice, our panelists are each going to tell you who that motto belongs to, so pick the one who's telling the truth, and you'll win our prize, the wait waiter of your choice on your voicemail, a really up-to-date device that everybody uses. <laughs> are you ready to play? I am so ready. First up, it's Alzo Slade. People have likened the $15 billion global Instagram influencer market to the gold rush, with folks on social media risking their lives and sacrificing their dignity because there's gold in them, their followers. <laughs> the problem is everybody can't get rich, and now there are a bunch of broke, shameless, clout-chasing wannabe influencers of all ages going through depression because they've attached their self-worth and livelihood to followers and likes. That's where the Light Over Likes Foundation comes in. It's a nonprofit that caters to failed social media influencers. <laughs> they sponsor a retreat every year with tough love workshops like the mathematic reality of bots. <laughs> Those who make it through the retreat successfully, which means they follow the advice of get a real job, go on to lead productive lives. You can tell who will fail by how quickly they relapse. For example, at Bohemian Bradley, posted pics of the light over likes experience with a Yogi T quote saying, you must retreat to be complete. Hashtag namaste. So that's a nonprofit for failed influencers from Alzo Slade. Your next story of the club with a catchy catchphrase comes from Helen Hong. The light of peace illuminating the dark world brightly. It's not a slogan you might associate with old toilets, but then again, it's 2023. What even makes sense anymore? The LA-based arts collective known as The Game of Porcelain Thrones drives around collecting abandoned toilets that have been dumped on the street. They incorporate the toilets into modern art sculptures, like the 25-foot-tall Crapper Christmas tree or the vaguely floral Lotus Latrine. What's more illuminating than a shiny white toilet, asks one Thrones member. And believe me, when you really, really gotta go, there is no image that illuminates a dark world more. We originally went with the slogan, the light of pee, but we changed it to the light of peace because it was too on the nose. And that's Toilet Art from Helen Hong. And your last story with a whole lot of motto comes from Tom Papa. The light of peace illuminating the dark world brightly. That's the motto of an organization in the Japanese town of Suruta that hopes to shine a light on the positive aspects of male baldness. <laughs> they do this by hosting a unique annual competition a popular game of tug-of-war in which bald men attach suction cups to their heads and pull in opposite directions. <laughs> the person whose suction cup detaches first loses not only the competition, but any chance of getting laid for the rest of the year. <laughs> the pandemic forced the event on hiatus for three years, but on February 22nd, bald men popped their heads out of their homes and returned to Ceruta. The event was back, and according to bald men's shadows, winter would last for another six weeks. <laughs> okay, Janice, so you've got Alzo's Nonprofit for Failed Influencers, Helen's Toilet Art Collective, and Tom's Competition for Bald Men. Which one do you think is real? Okay, so I desperately don't want Helen's story to ever be true in any, <laughs> any circumstance. Me too. So I'm going to, sorry, Helen. <laughs> so I'm going to go with Tom's story about bald men in Japan. You want that one to be true? <laughs> <laughs> All right, so to find out the correct answer, we have someone familiar with a real story. You have a suction cup placed on each part of your head, and whoever is able to hug to their side wins. Yeah, that was Emma Bachelieri from Sports Illustrated telling us about the very real sport of suction cup tug of war. <laughs> Yay, Janice, you got it right! That's so cool. 
Janice, you earned a point for Tom, and you've won our prize, the voice of your choice on your voicemail. Thank you so much for playing with us today, and goodbye, best friend. (laughs) (laughs) And now, the game where a really cool person comes on the show, and I get a little nervous. Sam Waterston has won basically every award possible throughout his acting career, and perhaps most famously played the legendary Jack McCoy on 16 seasons of Law & Order. And Waterston is a... Yeah! <laughs> Waterston is a household name, specifically in my house, for starring on my mom's favorite show, Grace and Frankie. <laughs> Sam Waterston, welcome to Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me! Oh, thank you so much for having me. I love this show. Oh my gosh, that's so nice of you. You must be so bummed that I'm not Peter. (laughs) It's okay. (laughs) Um, Sam, I have some questions about Law & Order. You've been on Law & Order, as I mentioned, for 16 years. In those 16 years, you could have gotten several actual law degrees in that time. Do you think you could pass the bar if you took it now? Almost oh, oh, certainly not, and 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 um, absolutely nobody should ever come to me for law advice. That's. Uh... Do you have people coming up to the street when they recognize you? Do they ask you for legal advice? No, but I've had more than a handful of people come up to me and say that they became lawyers because of me. Whoa, <laughs> that's so nice. Is there any part of you that's disappointed that they didn't become an actor because of you? <laughs> No, but I, but I do apologize to them for getting them into the law. <laughs> That's so great. Do you feel like you know um, enough about the law that you could defend yourself if you ended up in court? Anybody defend, you know, there's an old saying in the law, any, anybody who is defending themselves in a court of law is, has a fool for a client. And I, that would definitely be my, my case. I couldn't do it. Not, not a chance. Okay, well, that's a bummer, because I really wanted to ask what crimes you thought you could get away with. <laughs> well, that's, that's an entirely different question. <laughs> you have a list ready to go. <laughs> um, do you feel like, because you have shot in, you know, you've shot on location in so many places in New York, does the whole city feel like a set to you at this point? Yeah, what, what, what it feels like to do Law & Order was... Uh, that like you were the city's mascot. People, people would shout at me across the street. Hey, Laura Norda! <laughs> Do you think they're telling you to just behave better? <laughs> um, you've. I know we've been talking a lot about Jack McCoy, but you've played a lot of really iconic roles. You've played Abraham Lincoln multiple times. Um, do you keep pursuing that role because you know you look really good in a stovepipe hat? <laughs> I always said that there ought to be some compensation for an actor who's plain looking. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Sam, I gotta be honest, when we wrote that question, I worried it was gonna sound like I was hitting on you. (laughs) And I want you to know I am. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I do have more questions though. What is a role you've always wanted to play but never had a chance to? Iago. Wait, the parrot in in Aladdin? The Iago. That's it. Yeah. Great. No follow-up questions. <laughs> um, you also did Shakespeare, speaking of which, for a very long time. When you memorize a big Shakespeare part, I know so much of it is like lots of monologues and stuff. How long do you retain that memorized text, and can you summon up a monologue now? Oh, what a rogue and peasant slave am I? Is it not monstrous that this player here, but in a fiction and a dream of passion, should move his soul so to his own conceit that from his visage all his... Well, that's it. I can't go on any further. (laughs) Wow. Uh, Good memory. I saw you, this is Helen Hong, I saw you once at Shakespeare in the Park, in Central Park, and I enjoyed you so much and got so many mosquito bites. (laughs) 
you were worth getting eaten alive by mosquitoes. <laughs> Thank you. Um, as Helen mentioned, you do Shakespeare in the Park in New York. What is the craziest thing that happened during a live performance? Well, most of the crazy things are, can be attributed to the raccoons. <laughs> were they playing a part in the play? Yeah, the entire audience lost interest in the play because a family of raccoons lifted the bottom edge of the curtain. What? And looked out at the audience and the, the little one ran out and threatened to join the audience and they got... Ah, uh, that's theater right there, baby. <laughs> That's incredible. There was, there was no other show going on that night. That was it. You got Shakespeare blocked by a family of raccoons? Yeah. <laughs> Tim, you have the cutest laugh. What? That was so well, sweet. You guys are so funny. Aw, shucks. He's hitting on me, too. <laughs> Sam, I feel like we could talk to you forever, but we've actually asked you here to play a game that we are calling... Dum Dum... <laughs> that was Bill's beautiful rendition of the Law and Order theme. Um, and the only thing more synonymous with Law and Order than you is that famous two-note da-dum theme. So we thought we'd ask you about dum-dum pops, the famous lollipops that you get for free when your mom brings you to the bank. <laughs> Bill, who is Sam Waterston playing for? Sarah Carpenter of Portland, Oregon. Sam, no pressure, but her fate rests in your hands. Uh, here's your first question. Mixed in with classic flavors like cherry, cotton candy, and cream soda, dum-dums are famous for having mystery flavor pops. What is the mystery flavor? A, a brand new flavor designed by the current employee of the month. B, a mix of flavors because they don't clean their machines in between flavors. <laughs> or C, guava. I'm going with C. Do you want to guess again? <laughs> I want to go with the flavor designed by the employee of the month. Sam, you're killing me. <laughs> I'll, give you, I'll give you one more guess. <laughs> with unclean machines? Yes. Ew, really? Yeah, we'll give it to him. It's true. Instead of cleaning their machines, they just add in the new flavor and call it mystery flavor Ew. until the previous flavor is all gone. <laughs> it's gross, but it's efficient, like a plunger. <laughs> Sam, you absolutely crushed it. We're moving on to the next question. <laughs> your next question. In 1997, Dr. Irving M.D. became a goodwill ambassador for Dum Dums, sharing the treats with hospital staff. Now tell me, what is unique about Dr. Irving M.D.? A. He won an award for the pediatrician with the most fun waiting room. B. He is the fifth out of the five doctors who don't want you to chew sugarless gum. <laughs> or C. He is a capuchin monkey. <laughs> 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 I feel fated to get this all wrong too, but I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with one. Cabbage. What did you Cabbage. Cabbage and monkey. <laughs> okay, we're gonna go through the answers again. Um, A, he won an award for the pediatrician with the most fun waiting room. B, he's the fifth out of five doctors who doesn't want you to chew sugarless gum. Or C, he's a capuchin monkey. Okay, I'm going to say C. Yes! Yeah! <laughs> Sam, that's correct. C, he's a monkey. And I don't think his medical license is legit. <laughs> All right, here's your last question. You've got them both right so far. <laughs> People are going crazy. They're throwing off their shirts. Here's your last question. Dum-dums have been owned by the Spangler family since 1953, but some members of that family have branched out on their own, including one who has started her own company that makes candy out of what? A, stem cells. B, compost. C, 
sea, sugar from six of the seven continents all mixed together. I don't know, B? Yes! yes. <laughs> Good guess. Well done. B, the company is called Climate Candy, and they make candy out of imperfect fruits and vegetables that farmers normally throw away. Bill, how did Sam Waterston do on our quiz? <laughs> Sam is such a good Lincoln. We're going to give him all three right. <laughs> Sam Waterston is an award-winning actor and the chairman of the Board of Oceana, an NGO devoted to conserving the world's oceans. Sam, thank you so much for joining us on Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. Good job, Sam. Thank you. Goodbye. Goodbye. In just a minute, Bill splits hairs with the rail splitter in the Listener Limerick Challenge. Call 1-888-WAIT-WAIT to join us on air. We'll be back in a minute with more of Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me from NPR. This message comes from NPR sponsor, the official Hacks podcast from Max. Join the creators and showrunners of Hacks as they discuss each episode and speak with the cast and crew about the making of the series. Listen to the official Hacks podcast wherever you get your podcasts. This message comes from NPR sponsor Made in Cookware. Did you know that many popular dishes in Tom Colicchio's craft restaurant are made in Made in Cookware? Made in supplies chefs with high-end cookware because Made in makes exactly what demanding chefs look for. When you level up your cooking, remember what great dishes on menus worldwide have in common. They're made in Maiden. Save up to 25% this Memorial Day from the 18th until the 27th. Visit MaidenCookware.com. That's M-A-D-E-I-N Cookware.com. This message comes from NPR sponsor Squarespace. Measure your end-to-end online performance with powerful website and seller analytics. Get insights on top traffic sources, understand how your reach is growing, and more. Use code NPR to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Pro-Palestinian protests have popped up on college campuses across the country. But from the eyes of students, what are we missing? From the outside, these protests are painted as really violent when that couldn't be further from the truth. I'm Brittany Luce, host of NPR's It's Been a Minute, and I'm inviting you to hear from student journalists who see what the rest of us cannot. On It's Been a Minute from NPR. From NPR and WBEZ Chicago, this is Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me, the NPR News Quiz. I'm Bill Curtis. We are playing this week with Tom Papa, Alzo Slade, and Helen Hong. And here again is your host at the Studebaker Theater in Chicago, Illinois, filling in for Peter Sagal, it's Karen Chee. Bill goes for gold with his rhymnastics routine if you'd like to play. So give us a call at 1-888-WAIT-WAIT. That's 1-888-924-8924. But right now, panel, some more questions for you from the week's news. Alzo, Newark, New Jersey recently held a big ceremony announcing their new sister city, Sri Kalasa. But just six days later, they cut ties with Sri Kalasa. Why? Because the name sucks. I mean, I wish that were why. Uh, can I have a hint? Of course. Newark may have been worried about upsetting their other sister city, Wakanda. Uh, it's fake. Yeah! <laughs> Kalasa does not exist. Newark got scammed. What? Yeah. It's not clear exactly how the original <laughs> agreement was made between Newark and Kalasa. And I, honestly, I was about to say, I don't even know if I'm pronouncing that name correctly. That's but then I remembered it's a pretend city. Uh. <laughs> Oh, it's so sad that no one in Newark has the internet. <laughs> well, what, what, Newark, well, the thing is, Newark should have known it was a scam because who wants to be a sister city to Newark? <laughs> oh, oh. oh, man. Oh. What does it mean to be a sister city anyway? Um, sometimes they get into fights, but they always make up by the yeah. end of the day. Yeah, so. <laughs> you make friendship bracelets together. Right. Yeah. Tom, the World 
Baseball Classic is underway, and there's controversy as the Italian team was spotted with a what in their dugout? <sighs> Big bowl of spaghetti. <laughs> Honestly, just as stereotypical. <laughs> oh, really? Mm-hmm. Espresso. Yeah, I'll give it to you. That's correct. An espresso machine. An espresso machine. <laughs> People wow. at the World Baseball Classic are not happy, which is crazy because this definitely would have helped the Italians dominate the World Stereotype Classic. <laughs> <laughs> well, as an Italian, uh, they know they're not going to win, so why not enjoy it? <laughs> <laughs> is, that, is that considered performance enhancing? I mean, that's a good question. I feel like if you take an espresso, one of the players might actually run during a baseball game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think there's only rules against juicing. <laughs> For our listeners at home, Tom is dancing. <laughs> also, this week we learned about another way Gen Z is fighting against the norms of society. They are refusing to do what? Work. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, grouchy grandpa. I know, right? <laughs> these youngsters these days don't know what work is. <laughs> um, uh, a hint a is... Hint, please, yes. You put your hands at 10 and 2, boomer. <laughs> driving? Yes, that's yes, correct. Driving. Um, yeah, Gen Z is showing no interest in learning how to drive. It's just like that classic Olivia Rodrigo song, Taking the Bus. <laughs> <laughs> A report found that less than 35% of 16 to 19-year-olds in the U.S. have a driver's license. Whoa. Although, technically, that number does go up if you count all the fake driver's licenses. <laughs> Wait, so they're just taking wow. Ubers and Lyfts? Yeah, they're actually, they apparently say um, that they're happy to rely on their parents and Ubers to get them where they need to go, which really just means they're happy for their parents to pay for their Ubers. <laughs> uh, I have a 17-year-old who uh, is not getting her license. Oh. And, uh, like is, purposely? Is doing, yeah, she doesn't, she's not into I it. I gotta say, I'm like a fully grown adult woman. I also don't have a driver's license, but I think it's because I have no friends. She doesn't either. Maybe I'll give you her number. Oh. <laughs> That's great. We can hang out. That won't be creepy at all. Yeah. It'll, be, Wait, re- it'll it- be really creepy when I'm driving you both to the movies. <laughs> <laughs> It's lightning fill in the blank, but first, it's the game where you have to listen for the rhyme. If you'd like to play on air, call or leave a message at 1-888-WAIT-WAIT. That's 1-888-924-8924. Or click the Contact Us link on our website, waitwait.npr.org. You can catch us most weeks right here at the Studebaker Theater in downtown Chicago. You can see us in Nashville, Tennessee on April 27th at TPAC and Tanglewood in Western Massachusetts on June 22nd. And the Wait Wait stand-up tour is coming to Boston and New York City, so you can find information and tickets for all these shows at nprpresents.org. Hello, you're on Wait Wait, don't tell me. Hi, this is Kevin, and I'm calling from uh, Frenchtown, New Jersey. French t- uh, bonjour, Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Is Frenchtown a real town? It is. Interesting. Is it like population six? Uh, eight. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Kevin, that was such a good joke. <laughs> I loved that. Um, Bill Curtis is going to read you three news-related limericks with the last word or phrase missing from each. If you can fill in that last word or phrase correctly on two limericks, you're a winner. So here is your first limerick. I'm in charge of Aunt Judy's affairs. There's a box of real weird stuff in there. When Abe Lincoln was dead, the doc shaved his head. And Aunt Judy wound up with his... Hairs? Yes. That's right. This week, the Washington Post's Matt Bai profiled his neighbor who inherited a bunch of weird old junk from his Aunt Judy when she died. Among the stuff he found was a box of Abraham Lincoln's hair. What? And thank God it came from his head. <laughs> First of all, how do you know it's Abe Lincoln's hair? Did it, was it labeled Abe Lincoln's head hair? Yeah, it was a, it labeled Abe Lincoln's head hair. 
But wait a minute, why, why are we all so trusting that it was Abe Lincoln's hair? I'm assuming next to it was some sort of receipt where she got it from. You know, what, you like the Emancipation Proclamation. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Kevin, here is your next limerick. Of boneless wings, I got a bucket, but the content is something I shrug at. Now, my lawsuit will prove that no bones were removed. They just sold me some kids' chicken. Nuggets? Yes. Good for you. You got it. An Illinois man is suing Buffalo Wild Wings for calling their boneless wings wings when they're really just chicken nugs. <laughs> He's not wrong, but also, did he really think they were deboning wings so that the dudes from Sigma Chi could hork down their food without choking? <laughs> Also, I want to make fun of this guy, but really, what a special soul, right? <laughs> to be so trusting in this world filled with lies? Who is he? Paddington Bear? <laughs> Listen, I'm with him on this one. Because it's a crock of BS. Boneless wings. I don't think they're chicken. They're more like chicken tenders because the length of them. You know what I'm saying? But no, but go on. <laughs> 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 a chicken nugget is round. Right. Sometimes a they're chi- in the shape of dinosaurs. Yeah. Oh, no, that's not, not, exactly not, that's right. not chicken. <laughs> so we should just sue them for insulting our intelligence. <laughs> but we still fall for it anyway. Kevin, here's your last limerick. Dried spuds are not meant for the plate, no. They will help make the wedding quite great, though. Until things get sweaty, they're great as confetti. Throw flakes of some dried mashed... Potatoes? Yes. That's correct. Good tip. Guests have started throwing instant mashed potatoes at weddings instead of rice, because rice makes pigeons explode. (gasps) Instant potatoes also makes them explode, but from happiness. (laughs) Instant mashed potatoes, a.k.a. the dandruff of the food world, they're honestly perfect as confetti, because when dry, they're just flakes. But a recent wedding was not dry, and all the flaky confetti turned into, that's right, mashed potatoes. But honestly, I don't get why this is so bad, right? Because you get married, you go dancing, and you come home covered in potatoes? That's like the genie granted all three of my wishes at once. (laughs) Bill, how did Kevin do? Kevin aced it three in a row. Good going, Kevin. Kevin, thank you so much for playing. Goodbye. Bye. Thank you so much. Hey, Mike Danforth, Wait Wait executive producer here with a plug for our quiz game, The Wait Wait Wayback Machine. It's a game we play with a Wait Wait Don't Tell Me plus listener where we challenge them with questions from the show that are no joke. Oh, uh, 20 years old. Was that Freedom Fries? Play along. Henry Kissinger? For news trivia, you'll be surprised you remember. Clown babies? Or wish you could forget. Kim Jong-un. Was that Czechoslovakia? It was, of course, Joe Lieberman. Oh, yeah. We play with a new contestant every few weeks. You can listen and learn how to enter for a chance to play if you're a Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me Plus supporter. If you're not, you can sign up on our show page in Apple Podcasts or at plus.npr.org. This message comes from NPR sponsor, the American Cancer Society. Every 15 seconds, someone is diagnosed with cancer. By the end of this message, you could do something about it with your donation. Donate today at cancer.org. On NPR's Throughline. We cannot function for 24 hours without COBOL. Because it's in our smartphone, our tablet, our laptop. And as a consequence, the lives of the people living in that part of the Congo descended into just a catastrophe. Find NPR's Throughline wherever you get your podcasts.
Now on to our final game, Lightning Fill-in-the-Blank. Each of our players will have 60 seconds in which to answer as many fill-in-the-blank questions as they can. Each correct answer is worth two points. Bill, can you give us the scores? Also has three, Tom has three, Helen has two. Okay, Helen, you're in third place, so you're up first. Fill in the blank. On Thursday, the Pentagon released footage of a Russian fighter jet crashing a U.S. blank. Drone. Yes. On Tuesday, the state of Ohio announced plans to sue blank over train derailments in the state. Uh... The company that derailed the train. Norfolk Southern. Yeah, that's what I said. No. (laughs) This week, a federal judge in Texas appeared receptive to claims that a blank pill wasn't properly vetted by the FDA. Abortion pill. Right. Following a fall, Senate Minority Leader Blank was discharged from the hospital on Monday. Mitch McConnell. Right. This week, police in Georgia, in pursuit of a group of robbers using a Tesla as a getaway car, caught them when they blanked. Uh... Like, their battery died? Oh, yeah, I'll give that to you. Stopped to charge the car. (laughs) (laughs) According to a new medical study, climate change is causing blank season to start earlier than ever. Mating season? Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) Allergy season. (laughs) On Wednesday, NASA unveiled a new spacesuit design for their mission to the blank. Um, the moon? Right. This week, dog owners in Toronto were confused after the city put up a sign prohibiting blank at a local dog park. Dogs? Ooh, they're prohibiting barking at the dog park. What? <laughs> it's true. The sign read, do not allow your dog to bark and disturb the neighborhood. What? <laughs> after dog owners complained, the city said they were just trying to provide a more peaceful environment for everyone in the community. But they really should have thought of that before building the dog park right next to the combination Frisbee Factory and Squirrel Sanctuary. <laughs> Bill, how did Helen do? Five right, ten more points. Total of 12 puts her in the lead. job. All right. Okay. Alzo, you're up next. Oh, Lord. Fill in the blank. On Tuesday, President Biden signed an executive order requiring more background checks for blank buyers. Home buyers. Oh, gun buyers. That's right. Gun buyers. (laughs) (laughs) For the first time since Russia's invasion, Chinese leader Xi Jinping announced plans to meet with Ukrainian President blank. Uh, Zelensky. Right. This week, the state of Texas announced plans to take over Blank's public school district. Houston. Right. On Tuesday, the San Francisco Board of Supervisors approved a draft proposal to offer Blank's to black residents. Uh, reparations. Right. This week, the supermarket chain Aldi came under fire because customers say their Easter Bunny marshmallows are shaped more like a Blank. Penis. Right. <gasps> At the Oscars on Sunday, Blank won Best Picture as well as six other awards. Oh, shucks. A whole life, a whole... Um... It's everything, everywhere, all at once. Yes, all of that. After a potato chip company offered a $100,000 prize to anyone who found a perfectly heart-shaped chip, the woman who found it blanked. Ate it. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> The woman had no idea about the contest when she found the heart-shaped chip in her bag, sent a picture of it to her friends, and then ate it, missing out on the $100,000 prize. (laughs) It's all okay, though, because the chip company looked at the picture and confirmed it was actually a much less valuable butt-shaped chip. (laughs) Bill, how did Alzo do? Well, five right, ten more points. Thirteen puts him one point in the lead. Whoa. And Bill, so how many points does Tom need to win? Well, five to tie and six to win. Okay, Tom, this is for the game. Fill in the blank. On Tuesday, social media giant Blank announced they were cutting 10,000 more jobs. Facebook. Right. On Monday, the Biden administration announced it was approving a controversial drilling project in Blank. Alaska. Right. This week, Stormy Daniels met with the prosecutors investigating Blank. Trump. Right. When asking for help locating a St. Patrick's Day reveler who stole the plates off a police car, helpful officers said they were looking for blank. Leprechauns. A male in a green jacket and Irish hat, so yeah? Yeah. Okay. Um, On Wednesday, a group of scientists announced they'd successfully created mice with two biologically blank parents. Um, Male. Right. On Thursday, West Virginia faced Maryland in the opening game of the blank tournament. The NCAA March Madness Tournament. Right. In an effort to make biking more macho and more safe, a company in Europe started selling blank. Bicycles. 
No, they started selling glowing bike nuts. <laughs> oh, that dangle off the back. Yeah, you've heard of truck nuts, but now there wow. are bike nuts. And I know this seems like a negative story, but it's good to see that America's influence is still alive. Bill, did Tom do well enough to win? He got six right, 12 more points, gives him the win at 15. Well played. Tom, congratulations. In just a minute, our panelists predict what innovative use will we find for the seaweed blob. But first, let me tell you that... Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me is a production of NPR and WBEZ Chicago in association with Urgent Haircut Productions' Doug Berman, Benevolent Overlord. Philip Godica writes our limericks. Our public address announcer is Paul Friedman. Our tour manager is Shayna Donald. Thanks to the staff and crew at the Studebaker Theater. BJ Lederman composed our theme. Our program is produced by Jennifer Mills, Miles Dornboss, and Lillian King. Special thanks to Oha Lopez and Monica Hickey. Our blob is Peter Gwynn. Our intern is Vaishnavi Naidu. Technical direction, Lorna White. Our CFO is Colin Miller. Our production manager is Robert Newhouse. Our senior producer is Ian Chillog. The executive producer of Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me, who fell on the ice once and it was hilarious, is Mike Danforth. <laughs> now, panel, what will we do with that seaweed blob? Tom, you're up first. Turn it into a sexy shag carpet for bachelor manatees. <laughs> It's the new CrossFit workout. Move over, giant truck tires. Here comes sargasm chucking. <laughs> and Alzo. Just package it up and sell it at Whole Foods. <laughs> <laughs> well, if any of that happens, panel, we're going to ask you about it on Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. Thank you, Bill Curtis. Thanks also to Tom Papa, Helen Hong, and Alzo Slade. Thanks to all of you for listening. I'm Karen Chi, filling in for Peter Sagal, and we'll see you next week. This is NPR. This message comes from NPR sponsor Capital One. With the Spark Cash Plus card, you earn unlimited 2% cash back on every purchase for your business. Find out more at CapitalOne.com slash SparkCashPlus. Terms and conditions apply. This message comes from NPR sponsor, State Farm. If you're a small business owner, it isn't just your business, it's your life. Whatever your business might be, you want someone who understands. That's where State Farm Small Business Insurance comes in. State Farm agents are small business owners, too, and know what it takes to help you personalize your policies for your small business needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. I'm Jesse Thorne. Why did Cola Scola write a bonkers, extremely fictionalized play about Mary Todd Lincoln? Well, you know, it was 2020 and we were all so isolated. I, I just started doing research. On, but the truth is, I, no, I just thought of it. We'll talk about that and more on Bullseye from MaximumFun.org and NPR.